everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Adult Sports Kid Podcast. My name is Jason Paul, and I am your host. I hope you're doing well. I thank you for finding us. And let's get right to it, right? So it's finally happening. There's news that's starting to drip out around NBA 2K. Of course, NBA 2K22 comes out September 10th this year. Very early as per usual and in relation to the actual start of the basketball season. So we're going to get to that news in a little bit of what we learned about this game. And and I'm going to go over what I'm playing in 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 the next segment. Right now, I wanted to kick off this podcast with my biggest gripes about 2K in recent years. I say this as somebody who has been converted into somebody who plays my career and my player. I had some of the most fun I ever had with NBA 2K in NBA 2K19, playing with a group of people on a Pro-Am team, playing in the park for many months, even getting some good games in the rec. And that's continued. I'm sort of, it converted me. NBA 2K18 is when I first started playing in the mode. And then 19, I went all in. 20 kind of took the year off. Last year, got back in with next gen. So I've had a decent amount of time in this mode. And I want to talk a little bit about my major gripe when it comes to my player and my career. And it'll touch on the microtransaction transaction aspects of it. It won't even really talk about the gameplay. My main gripe comes down to one thing. And this one thing has actually been pretty much perfected by other games. In NHL 19, I thought, or NHL 20, I should say, I thought it was done perfectly. And that one thing, of course, is matchmaking. The absence of matchmaking in NBA 2K is is absurd. It's just absurd that we live in a, a time and place where this exists. And I don't know. I like to blame it on the idea of, of the city or the neighborhood and that connectedness. I do think that plays a part. And then, of course, some of it is also, hey, we want people to level up their guy, right? Like, we don't need matchmaking if we want everyone to be a 99 and to pay a little money to be an 85 to start out. But it just comes down to, it hasn't deterred me in in totality to play. But when I play these other games that have matchmaking, which is pretty much every video game in existence that's online. I mean, I even... I believe even before I stopped playing Fortnite, that started to incorporate more more matchmaking. Matchmaking is very important. Matchmaking is integral to sports and the games in general. You know, you don't start off playing high school football or against high school football players if you're seven years old. You start peewee football. That's a real life example, but that's matchmaking. There's parameters that are set and... They're adhered to by organizations. Y2K has the arrogance, I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say it. The arrogance to think we're above matchmaking is purely money-driven. That's it. It's because they're making money hands over fist. They see the, the comments. They get it. They understand even, I'm sure, on a personal level, playing the game. It's not fun to get your butt whooped all the time. It's not fun to beat up on people all the time. But guess what? It seems like with the way things are going and with it is a pretty gigantic player pool, the odds you're you're matched up with somebody who's not in your skill gap to be a good game is quite large. And that sucks because playing a good game against somebody is the best. I can say this from experience. 
I have a couple friends I play with online that it seems like you always have classic games that go down to the wire when we're playing like one-on-one. I just want that in a my career in my player setting. I want that in 2K. So my idea is pretty simple, is to rip off what EA's done with NHL. Is you have divisions. So if you're playing Pro-Am, you're going to level up. You're going to start at the bottom, and you're going to work your way up. So you're not playing gold teams, because that's the other infuriating part of this equation is they rank you. You have a ranking, your bronze, your silver, your gold. At least in previous 2Ks, that's what you had a Pro-Am team that you were ranked. They told you how good you were, but it didn't matter in who you're matched up to, or they say there's matchmaking, and there clearly isn't. So this is magnified everywhere, and the park might be the worst in terms of just pure Dar- social Darwinism there of like people running around, hopping on spots, hopping off of spots. They want to get in this game, but oh no, you're an 89 and not a 92. I can't play with you. So it, it's also the lack of matchmaking also prohibits people from playing the game. And I could go on a tangent here about the neighborhood in the city and how that also does that. But that this I want to focus purely on the matchmaking because if okay, give the park. To the crazy people who want to run around in circles looking for the perfect teammates. Fine. But how about the wreck? How about Pro-Am? We have a little bit of matchmaking. Just a little bit. Have divisions. Maybe the first time in your wreck. In the, you got to play 30 games in the wreck. Have a certain teammate grade. Because there's these mechanisms in the game that exist. If I could filter by teammate grade, that would be absolutely fantastic. I don't want to play with Or I want to filter by people who, how many quits they, they have. We should have these controls. We know the player base is absolutely gigantic, right? So it's really just down to adding the feature in. And if you add it on top of everything you have now, I'd argue the microtransact, you'd still make money hand over fist. People still want to be good. But just judge us based off the skill. Listen, if my Pro-Am team's lost the last five games, maybe we shouldn't be matched up with a gold team. Maybe not. Because we didn't ask for it. Now, if... If there's some opt-in, like, hey, you want to play this elite league where winners get prizes, then sure. What my butt, then? I deserve it. I've opted in. But if I'm just going into the rec, in the name it's sort of implied, recreation, there should be fun there. Don't just abandon any semblance of matchmaking and just throw five random people together, which, you know, well, kind of positionally it makes sense. It, it, it's absolutely infuriating. So my idea is quite simple. For Pro-Am, treat it like division rank-ups in FIFA, in NHL, where you have your team, you start in a lower division, and you work your way up. You get a certain amount of games, you get a certain amount of wins, and if you hit that, you go up. If you don't, you stay in the same division, and maybe if you don't hit a threshold, you go down. It's that simple. And you can add cool things to this. You can add, as you go division up, you get more VC or more my points or more clothing. You can do it as to to as you if to qualify for a bigger division. You need to have everybody needs to have a certain pair of shoes for. I don't know. Listen, you could even monetize this in a way. You could make it so. Listen, if you want to opt in to some expert, you know, level matchmaking or like a league where you're going to be tracked. Maybe it costs 5,000 VC a player. I don't know. I, I think we could incentivize it for both parties if this is a money thing. But I don't even think it is. I think it's purely like don't don't, broke, don't break 
Don't fix what's not broken. I'd argue it is broken. I'd argue you are pushing people away. I would say this especially when, you know, how many times we got to, oh, we got to go into the pro-am. Uh, we're going to shoot around a little bit. We're going to try to find a game. We find a game. Oh, it sucks. We got to quit out. We got to go back in. This is time and energy being spent when these other franchises are doing it better. And you could certainly, I'm sure, 2K is arguing, well, look at their sales. They're not selling better than us. Sure. But if they're doing something better than you, take that idea and use it. Apply it to your game. It's important that people enjoy the totality of their experience and the frustration. See, it's very tough to convince people to hop into a game like 2K if they're gonna, if it's so frustrating, right? And that's what it becomes to be. You wanna have this idealistic time with four of your friends playing five on five basketball, but it quickly denigrates if you're playing teams that constantly are terrible in relation to you or are constantly playing teams that are amazing in comparison to you. So that's my plea. Matchmaking. Some semblance of it. In the rec, do it by overalls. In the rec, do it. I would do it by teammate grades. Guess what? If you play well with good teammates, we'll match you with good teammates. If you play like a bum, you'll be matched with bums. It shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't take pleadings from me on the internet. And that's my number one gripe with 2K. I actually like, you know, the gameplay's good. It it goes in waves throughout the year and year to year, but especially throughout the year with patches. Ultimately, I really do enjoy my time with it. But my best memories are when it's working right. When you have a great game against somebody. I don't care if a great game and lose, but I want to have a great game. I truly do. I need that. I want that. Listen, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. This is my outlet for playing basketball is playing virtual basketball at this point. I wish it wasn't. I wish I was still athletic enough to fuck, to go run on courts. I am just not. Too old, can't jump at all. Used to not be able to jump very high. Now it's barely anything. It's non-existent now. So this is where, this is where I'm a, a player on this court. And don't get me started on the park. The park is ridiculous. We The social Darwinism there with uh, trying to team up with people who are better than you, dissing people who are under a certain rating, just keep people by Let the people with similar ratings play with one another. Now that I know is totally a ploy of walking around the city, seeing people with higher ratings, and purchasing VC. That's what it pushes you to do. And it's sad. Because I think there's a lot of, a lot of potential in this game. Not that, you know, listen, do you need to do this? No, obviously not. Because you, you you probably suck me in already for this year's game. But it'd be an easier sell for people to get their friends involved. And it'd be a better experience once you're picking up the controller. If these things existed. I want to love these games so hard. But it's very tough when one of the coolest features in it, Pro-Am, creating a team, creating a jersey, creating logos, just sucks. And people just abandon it. It's truly, truly a terrible experience. So that's my plea. I hope one day somebody stumbles upon this, listens to it, and it's one of the many, listen, I know, I'm one of the many voices in the chorus. But I have to add it. In, in, in 
for my conscience, I needed to add my voice to this chorus. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to some what I've been playing. Madden Online franchise continues to be a blast. Is the game perfect? Absolutely not. But I'm having so fun, as I alluded to last episode, having a universe with your friends that is living and breathing is amazing. Uh, my Raven season, 10-4 and four at this point of recording. That's on a five-game win streak. I love this team I'm playing with, and that's what I used to. I used to get so emotionally invested in my franchise teams, and this is the first time in a long time in a football game that I am. So that, and we've been blasting through games. When you have somebody else who's playing the games, it sort of forces you to be at a clip with them, you know, to stay at the parallel because you have to to advance the week. So that's been fun. Um, again, being able to talk to somebody about what's going on in the league, but not only that, but gameplay concerns, strategies, and then we just had two excellent classic head-to-head matchups, division games, Browns versus Ravens. They were the stuff of of lore. No hyper no hyperbolicness there. None at all. Amazing. Two amazing games. So I'm enjoying the heck out of that. So I'm very happy that Madden Online franchise exists because I don't know. I think without it I don't think I'd be playing as much as I am. So that's been a great time. And then I also have to talk about what I played this weekend. And uh, I think they, I guess this is all right to say because it was a public beta by the by the end of it. But Riders Republic. I played the Riders Republic beta. It's fantastic. It's exactly what I want. I know it's not for everybody. It's not. So Riders Republic beta, what you're able to do, you're able to do uh, bike races, mostly downhill, some some stunty type races or obstacle courses and then you're also ski and snowboard tricks and this was so fun it tapped in to you know it's a little bit obviously like a spiritual success successor to steep i hear online it's not as realistic as steep but the fluidity i felt switching between a bike a ski a snowboard was amazing and if this holds up through all of the the equipment in the game, I know there's you know wingsuits and all that crazy stuff. I didn't really wade into that, but it this game is going to be a blast. It truly is. It's going to be a fun thing to pick up and play like a Tony Hawk. It's going to be a fun thing because you can sort of pick your own path. For me, I just did every event possible when it was coming to tricks with snowboarding i was having so much fun with that i think i might have even finished every race with bikes and then the the four four difficulty levels there's replayability there's the customization of your character not too deep not crazy which i don't mind i don't want to go crazy creating my guy but i can see there's going to be cool rewards as you level up and the setting the setting was fantastic so basically what the setting was um I mean, obviously fictional in a sense of I don't think all these national parts are close to each other, but there's Yosemite, there's just, you know, the Al Capitan mountain that Alex Honing climbed. There's these real life national parks and landmarks that you are using to just wreak havoc on tricks, downhill speed. And that's something I want to say the, the, you feel like you're going fast when you're going down on a bike down a huge mountain especially if you switch that first person view this game truly can be 
anything to anybody. If you want to play a little more realistically, you can play realistically. If you want to play a little crazy, you can play crazier. I would say this is steep, mixed with a bit of skate, mixed with a dash of Tony Hawk, uh, underground, especially with the characters and the story that they're brewing. I like it, and I've said in previous episodes, I'm looking for more extreme sports games, and this one's going to scratch multiple issues. The skate, the 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 bike itch. I haven't had a good biking game, although I should play Descenders. I know that's purely like a racing game down a hill. Bikes, snowboards, skis, crazy winged air suits. I mean, it seems to have everything. I didn't really play like the multiplayer aspect even, where you could have six-on-six trick battles, where you could have a 64-person or 32-person downhill race on multiple equipment. So I didn't play, I didn't even play a lot of the game. I really sort of kept to what interests me most, which was going to be the just races and trick trick modes by myself. You know, that's sort of what I grew up playing. I didn't need to like get social with it. But if I have friends that pick it up, I think it'll be fun to explore uh, these real life landmarks. That's really, you know, I don't want to say it's educational, but I did learn some things there. There's uh, different rewards you can get to find real landmarks. And it really like sort of pans out and shows you the importance of it. So that was really cool. Um, the humor was all right. You know, it's a little, listen, it has to be pretty broad. This is a global game and it's, you know, sort of uh, depicts the, you know, people on bikes and snowboards is like, yeah, bro. But that's fine with me if it's funny enough and it, it gives some life to the game. I'm all for it. Definitely it sort of reminds me of the, the Tony Hawk thug vibes, to be honest, in terms of Maybe a little more grounded in reality, but I'm expecting to see a, a wonderful cast of characters as you go throughout this game. I'm expecting a lot of replayability, and I actually think that the reception was quite good online, and I think that should give people hope. I saw a lot of conjecture before the beta that uh, you know this, this development was troubled and it very well may have been, but maybe you pull a rabbit out of the hat every once in a while, you know? And like I said, a solid foundation from steep to build on. You're expanding the sports. I had a great time. So I, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up at launch. I think it comes out October 26th or 28th. It's towards the end of October. So I don't know what I'm going to do personally with that. But you know what? If if I had the option to keep playing it after the beta ended on Sunday night, I would have. Because it's great to pick up and play. And you sort of get sucked in. And what, what, what was really cool was some of these um, stunt runs with, uh, with a bike. So it wasn't just like, hey race against these eight people and there's plenty of that which is also a good time but it was also you know taking you're you're just going going against the clock basically and you just have to finish this course and it's like pretty tremendous obstacles like you had to uh ride your bike on top of a billboard on a narrow a narrow narrow billboard narrow tree ledges uh you know consecutive jumps one right after another and this was difficult this is something i spent you know a good 20 30 minutes on but when you finished it you felt so accomplished like i said you can switch between third and first person views you have different types of bikes from downhill bikes to to road bikes and you can just it's a totally open world you can just goof around the map was gigantic in this beta if it's bigger in the real game it's gonna be very impressive it was gigantic you can seamlessly switch between equipment if you want to go from skis 
to a bike to snowboarding you do so in a matter of seconds you also get a snowmobile to drive around so you can get places faster there is some quick fast travel but not a lot of fast travel doesn't get you totally total doesn't get you totally to the place you wanted to go so I feel like they're like making a balance. I don't know what the microtransaction situations like. There are X Games references there. I'm sure there'll be some DLC around that. So I think, I think I'm in. I don't know if it's going to be a day one purchase, but I had a had a lot of fun with it. And I do recommend. I would say I recommend you play the beta. Unfortunately, you can't. I recommend you checking out some gameplay from the beta that people have posted to YouTube. More impressions. See if it's for you. Definitely arcadey. But not, not SSX arcade, if that makes sense. Like arcade, again, I think Thug, Tony Hawk Thug, Thug 2, sort of arcadiness, out of this world, but grounded enough in reality where someone like me was basically like a sim gamer when it comes to sports games, but easier to not be a sim gamer, gamer when it comes to these things, like sports I don't know. So I enjoyed the heck out of it. But enough about me. Let's get to this week's news. First story, which was critical for me. Uh, this is from Operation Sports, posted by Steve Noah on August 26th. The Madden team has released a server-side update to resolve the desync issues that have plagued online franchise mode head-to-head games. They fixed it, folks. We tried, Me and my buddy tried to play a game once um, a day after this was released. It dropped. We tried again. It worked, and we didn't have a problem since. This is amazing. It, it was The timing was perfect for me, selfishly. We had our game on week 12 of our season, and it lined up that the day this was released was the day before we were going to play. So it couldn't have worked out better for me, selfishly, but awesome to see this fixed, um, you know, within a week of release or so. So far, far from ideal, but they got it done. The cool thing is they got it done with a server-side update, so no need for a big patch, and really it was all in the background. So if you didn't happen to play... So if I didn't, wasn't so online when it comes to sports gaming, and I didn't know that this was an issue, and me and my buddy would have tried and like failed once and tried again and it worked, I wouldn't even know it was that pervasive. So that's good. They got that fixed. On that note, though, bigger news. Again from Steve Noah, Operation Sports... Madden NFL 22 patch number two is available. That came out today of my the day of my recording, September 2nd, 2021. So there's gameplay tuning, NFL authenticity updates, and more. I'll give you some of these key highlights. Um, there's NFL authenticity updates, added jerseys for teams like the Chiefs, Falcons, Cowboys, Colts, Packers. Um, and what are the cool jerseys that stand out to me is like, the Packers 75th anniversary away. I don't even know what those look like. I kind of want to look at those. The Colts have some throwbacks, even though their jerseys really haven't changed much. And uh, what? We got the Cowboys 1994 Monday Night Football all-white throwback. I want to give that a look. I have a feeling that has the cool stars on the shoulder, so we'll give that a look. Um, and then a bunch of other small things. An issue with helmets was fixed. Uh, fixed ma- mouthpiece and chin strap alignment. Added some likenesses to coaches, including Frank Reich, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, Cliff Kingsbury, and Mike Vrabel. They updated the likeness of Cam Newton. Well, he ain't on the team anymore, so I don't know. Maybe that was a waste of time for EA. And then they fixed issues in two stadiums where sideline characters were clipping through stadium walls. So I'm glad that you're paying attention to that detail. And that something like this is in 
in such an early update. They've updated gameplay as well. They made a note on pass coverage. I think I alluded to it last week. That's sort of a weak spot, although I'm not having as much. And as soon as I'm, I'm, I'm picking up on better play calling, I feel like I'm not having as much of an issue anymore with pass coverage with the CPU on my end. But they do say, before we get into the gameplay updates, we want to let you know that we are aware of the feedback around pass coverage. We're continuing to monitor and collect the community's feedback they've shared with us. We look forward to sharing the actions we're taking towards pass coverage, which says to me, one, is I don't think they really know what the problem is, which might mean that there, one, is not a problem, truly, and maybe this is how it was designed, and they're sort of biding, biding their time, so others will sort of come to the conclusion I have, which it is seems playable. I'm not saying there aren't instances where I'm frustrated playing cover two where a safety isn't covering somebody, but I'm saying I'm getting enough picks. It seems to offset it. I think games are, are fairly fair when it comes to my uh, pass coverage, although I do think the computer's pass coverage is a little pick-happy, but that could be my poor stick skills and Lamar Jackson's crazy arm. Um... So they added mode-specific tuning of momentum. So basically for online head-to-head modes, momentums will swing slower. I I don't know if that's also for franchise mode, head-to-head games. I guess I'll see that when I have another head-to-head game there. Uh, they addressed an issue, an issue causing exploit management to activate inappropriately when the defense had only three pass rushers or blitzers versus running plays. Um, they fixed an issue with defensive ends uh, versus nickel double-A gap looks. Um, they fixed another issue around RPO zone peak plays where quarterbacks were too easy to scramble. Maybe that's why I'm doing so good with Lamar. So we'll have to test out some of those plays. And they added, they actually updated some playbooks. They added a new formation to the Rams playbook and a new formation to the Chargers, Eagles, Lions, and Steelers playbook. I guess one they've seen them play in preseason. Uh, Here's also something that's interesting. They updated AI team play calling on offense for more team-specific tendencies and improved super sim stats. Now, I don't know if that just refers to the simming of games or the super simming of games, but I'm hoping it translates to... Uh, just regular franchise games as well. Although I do generally think that tendency is all right. Although we're living in NFL now where one, I'm not as familiar with every team as I was when I was 14, but also one that's way more pass heavy. So, you know, it, it's sort of rare to come across teams that run a lot, which I do want to call it my Baltimore Ravens. We certainly run around my franchise mode and we're leading. We're close to, I think we're leading the league in rushing or at least close or number two. Um, and then they fixed an issue so that correct read and pass keys for RPO read option plays are identified more accurately there. I don't know if they're just talking about the play art when you're calling a player, if the play art on the field. So off to see and check that out. They've updated franchise as well. Like I said, they've improved head to head stability. They fixed some quirks with weekly strategy. Um, what's fix an authenticity around uh, they fixed an authenticity issue around next gen stats and completion percentages they fixed an issue where coordinators were poached in the super bowl week which i'm sure could be very frustrating they've also claimed to have fixed uh screenshots for where we what is this what is this where am i The auto-generated snapshots, sorry, weren't being taken after games. So there's a section in your franchise menu where you get snapshots from the games, and I don't have any, and I don't think 
my buddy who I'm playing a franchise with it mode as with has any either. So that'd be really cool if that that ends up working because there are a lot of cool open moments from my game that I would love to see you know memorialized in some way without me having to take a gameplay click clip. They updated face of the franchise mode. Not really gonna not interested in that mode, so I'm not really I didn't really read through those if I'm being honest. Uh, the yard. They added some new plays. They updated the AI play the playbook. Um, they fixed some presentation issues around, and that looks like it's play art. Play art. They fixed an issue on PlayStation Five causing controller haptics to remain persistent when the opponent has full momentum. They fixed a rare issue on challenge cause challenge calls causing the play result announcement from the ref to not match. So little small things. So really great to see that and then they've also fixed a bunch on the ps4 that i was reading from the ps5 xbox series s and x but they've also fixed a bunch for the last gen of consoles too so like i said glad that the patch came out it's pretty quickly not perfect a couple weeks from release but i'm super happy to see that finally folks let's talk nba 2k22 news i've talked to you now on september 2nd we are eight days away from release and we knew very little up until this week. This week we got some news. Not only did we get a news, we got a gameplay trailer. A gameplay trailer I'd argue that didn't show too, too much. Just sort of really a sizzle reel. Cool, you know, good good song and uh, cool highlights, but not really showing you any like stick, you know, gameplay that's not highlight driven. Uh, but we got a gameplay blog. So I'm going to go over some of this. You can find this on NBA2K.com. They have a courtside report. They've tweeted it out. You can check their Twitter. I know Operation Sports has reposted it. Brian Mazik has reposted it on his Twitter. And I think through his um, Forbes article. So it's many places. Give it a Google if you want to find it. But I'll go over some of the what I think are key. First thing, they lead off with the gameplay blog about defense. And that's huge. So it seems like there's a lot more um, focus around blocking, which should be good. And then also, and this is a direct quote from the article, for floor defenders, body up rides and bumps feel much more rewarding as the motion team has dramatically improved the feel of on-ball defensive movement. Unwanted bump steals and snatchy body ups have been reduced in favor of giving both the ball handler and on-ball Defender more freedom of movement and and respected input. Shifts, launches, stops, cuts all feel much tighter. And even with new, more new, even more new gen foot planning improvements, you'll see a lot less sliding on both ends of the floor. Of course, sliding in basketball games has been forever an issue. I remember people on the Operation Sports Forum calling it out for NBA Live 03. And we've come a long way, but we've, we're far from eliminating sliding just due to the nature of basketball. Um, they also say steals have also received an upgrade with greater emphasis placed on the steal attribute. Low-rated stealers get sluggish animations that punish them when they reach, while high-rated stealers with good timing and opportunity will be able to pick pockets at a much higher rate. Also, be prepared to see more layup dunk strips from high-rated stealers when slashers try to force their way to get to the rim in, in a crowd. So that is all great news. Uh, they don't show any clips around it, no screens around it, so I don't know. You know, I'm sure they're. I'm sure the the thoughts in the right place. I'm sure they have the correct intentions, but we'll see how it actually plays out because I'm very curious to see. But that's something long wanted from 2K fans. 
a semblance of more control on defense. It looks like we might be going that way. I hope we are. It would be great if I feel more control over blocks when somebody's coming carelessly and haphazardly towards the rim that I have a chance to actually block it and not just get called for a foul. So this is cool. Staying in front of defenders, it seems like it's a little more possible. I always felt like that was tough. You always felt like the offensive player had the upper hand, and I'm hoping that means that a little more basketball IQ plays into it, maybe a little less stick skill, and a little more basketball IQ. So that's a welcome addition. They also have a section on defensive AI. Um, they call it the Czar. They're resident X's and O's expert, and follow the Czar on Twitter if you don't. Um, he's great. He was uh, somebody who used to post on Operation Sports who now does a lot for the AI team, for coaching situations within the game, for playbooks, for making sure teams run the realistic offenses and defenses. And really, it seems like he tries to reward good basketball IQ in the video game. So that's awesome that somebody, one, that somebody like that was employed, and two, that it seems like, you know, if they're calling him out on a blog, they know how important he is and he knows what, he's, what they're asking. Um, so we'll let me see if there's some... This is what I'm hoping. Uh, this, so this this paragraph, and I quote: "Brand new hedge logic, brand new hedge defender logic and behaviors give the catch, give the catch hedge defender a specific focus for how they react to the ball handler. In the past, the hedge defender's primary focus was their man, which led to the AI actively abandoning the ball handler. This cascaded in several issues. I know that you know. I think pick and roll situations were the most frustrating, and I think." They mostly showed themselves to me when I was playing a human opponent. And it would be very frustrating to never trust the defender you're currently controlling, if that makes or the the, the second defender who's gonna come and help, or the guy who's governing the guy who's setting the pick. I'd always switch off to them because I never felt like they could read the pick and roll right. So I'm hoping this hedge logic helps that a bit. It would be great if just these defenders acted more intelligently. And like this game says, that has a cascading effect. If you're not hedging properly, your help defenders are out of place, and there's going to be more open, unrealistic buckets. Um, it also says the AI will no longer send a defender to double a standing offensive player 30 feet from the basket when a user requests drive help in the defensive settings. So that's good. Those small, again, basketball IQ-related improvements, this sounds like it's going to be make playing the computer more fun, and I hope it makes your AI teammates a little smarter. So I think we get a little more realistic basketball out of head-to-head, so I'm looking forward to that. They finally go over dribbling. I'm not going to go too crazy into this. I've never been great at their dribbling system. They're basically just switching around controls for size-ups. They're saying that flicking the stick quicker results in quicker dribbles. I'm going to have to like really play this to know if that's good or bad. I've never been a skilled at dribbling. I've never been a dribble god, as they say in the park in that game, and I don't think I ever will, nor does it really appeal to me. I just want it to be somewhat realistic. I would like my biggest gripe is, hey, if you dribbled 800 times at the top of the key and you pull up for three, hey, maybe you're fatigued and you shouldn't hit that three. A lot of times when you're playing in the park or you're playing in the rec or pro-am, that doesn't happen. So I'm hoping little improvements like that make it in. Um, they also spent one paragraph, but they do give a paragraph to post play. I hope, you know, go Sixers, trust the process. Joel Embiid, I hope that's, I'm sure he's played a part in his sort of dominance in the post. 
Um, so they're trying to give you new, more controls. Uh, for example, a, start a spin, post spin by twirling the pro stick, then immediately move the left stick in the op, opposite direction for a, a spin back. There's new uh, art right trigger or R2 fakes that keep you engaged in a post while you chain multiple fakes together without disengaging. And there's a better pull the chair mechanic on defense. So that's cool. We'll see how that plays out. Again, like it's a total wait and see approach with how these improvements, they all sound good on paper. They don't sound super plentiful. They sound a little bit here and there. Uh, the next section, they talk about shooting. So there's a new shot meter with a dynamically resizing make window. And that will expand when you're taking good quality shots and will shrink when they're heavily consistent contested with a low rated shooter or fatigued there's still the bonus they did call out on twitter if you don't use the meter um i usually don't use the meter at least for my my career so we'll see how this plays but again be rewarded for taking smart shots you should be punished for taking bad shots so as long as it's moving in that bending towards that direction i'm cool with it i'd like to obviously need to get my hands on it but that's fun um, and hopefully an improvement. We have a section on finishing. Uh, they wanted to make more of a skill gap when it came to finishing at the rim. So there's they've added timing meters to alley-oops and aggressive dunk skill attempts. I heard on Twitter you can't opt out of this in the sense of if you pull the stick back. I think it's when you have right trigger, you pull the stick back. You have to time the dunk. If you don't pull the stick back, you don't have to time it. But obviously, that timing plays in your favor because if you time it perfectly, you won't miss. But if you don't time it perfectly, you could miss. So we'll see. Dunking has sort of been... I don't know. I go back and forth when I play the game, whether I like it or don't like it. I generally am okay with it, I think. I, I don't have too big of a gripes. I do think sometimes... It seems like some people are overpowered and can always finish while I've missed some bunny dunks that should not have been missed. So just hoping that it fixes small little things like that. Builds, badges, and takeover section. Um, without screenshots, this is sort of very hard to wrap my head around. Um, so let me see if I can find a good sentence. Here, here's something we've they say we've made a lot of adjustments to the system to create more balanced builds and give incentives for creating all different types of players smalls will see distinct advantages over bigs and vice versa so expect to see a lot more variety when you hit the virtual streets of the city this year i'll believe it when i see it i don't believe it last year you were able to create pretty much any type of player on next gen and it ended up being like all right well there's basically the type of player you're gonna have to be for each position you know if you're a center you're gonna have to be like six nine you can't be taller. So let's actually see this play out. Um, they say they've increased the amount of bad badge points at your disposable or at your disposal. They've added some new badges, taken some away. They also have badge loadouts, which I do think is helpful. It would be nice to, you know, based off matchups or based off who you're playing with and what team, maybe based off you're playing three on three or five on five, you're going to want different loadouts. So that's nice. It can be so quick. They've added... I don't know. They've added badges. They seem like 2K badges. We won't go into too uh, deep of a uh, deep dive on them. But so gameplay news is out there. 
the next bit of news from 2K, this is cool for a realism aspect. Uh, they've added every NBA team's public address announcer in game. That's huge. Never been done before. You know, you get the generic guy, and sometimes the generic guy will do the Detroit basketball or two minutes dose if you're in Miami. But now they have the real team's public address announcers in the game. So this is all good. The one thing, the one not to be a Debbie Downer, it's awesome to see, especially the Sixers iconic public address announcer, uh, Matt Court, I believe his name is. Can't wait to hear him say. But what I worry about is that, what they're saying. Like if they've only recorded the names for the players on the team this year, if you're playing a home game three years in franchise mode and you have a new player on your team, Maybe LeBron James comes to the Sixers to end out his career. If he doesn't announce it like he's a part of the Sixers, doesn't announce it at all, we're going to kind of lose some realism. I'm hoping they accounted for it, but I did want to pass along. I think that's really cool news. Finally, when it comes to NBA 2K22 news, my team full preview dropped today, just a few, an hour or so before um, I started recording this. So I haven't ingested it at all. The coolest thing is this my is um and you can find this on nba2k.com. It's the newest courtside record report. The my team draft functionality. It seems a lot like draft champions that exists. I think in Madden and NHL. Um, so here directly from the courtside report. In case you missed the first announcements, my team draft is a new multiplayer mode where you pick a full lineup of player cards, which will include the latest cards in my team. So it sounds like you'll be able to get to play with some new cards that aren't in your collection. When starting a new draft, you will be presented with seven packs to choose your 13 players and coach. You will pick up two players from each of the position packs, but where the draft will shine is with that first pack on the left. That is the featured pack. Dun, dun, dun. Featured pack will only contain three cards. It's your attitude. You can likely count on these three players being the best players in your lineup. So it's sort of your core. Um, so that's cool that there is a mode that you don't need to actually have all these players, I presume, to play. Not played a little bit of my team last year, had a blast with it, but sort of made my own rules, played with friends that way. But on that note, Triple Threat Online, they've added, um, to quote from the piece, one of my team's most popular modes. Triple Threat Online will be receiving a new way to play this multiplayer three-on-three three mode enter the 100 at the start of each run and triple threat online the 100 you will receive will the hunt you will receive 100 points after every game you win or lose points blah 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 um but the big thing is i saw on twitter highlight is now triple threat online you can play with friends so that's gonna be dope play a little co-op three on three with good players that should be fantastic it's I, I if you're into my team, I encourage you to read this article. I'm running out of time here, but you know it goes over things like brand new event cards, a new unlimited tournament, and then hollow cards, which I guess are now the new top card in the game. But they're not necessarily the best cards; they're just the rarest. I didn't fully um, understand that. And then to get more in the weird world of my team there's a grading service for virtual cards which breaks my brain because they're not real and they're virtual and if they're not a gem in 10 what the freak is a gem in 10 anyway so check out the my team blog if you want more info um so we got a few more stories here Thank you for bearing with us here. Uh, full list of stadiums have been revealed for FIFA 22. This article is on Operation Sports from Steve Noah. 
They've just broke out every stadium that's going to be in FIFA 22. Pretty big list. A lot. I think pretty much every stadium for the Premier League. A good, you know, 10 plus from the English Football League. Uber Eats League, only three stadiums. Serie A, only one. Portugal, a couple. Uh, the MLS were up to six stadiums. And then it looks like Bundesliga has quite a bit. Bundesliga 2 and uh, Santander League. So there's there's some league so spain leagues quite a lot of stadiums german leagues quite a lot of stadiums english league so if you're looking to start a franchise there i would sort of recommend you stand with the where there is authenticity they have plenty of generic stadiums and they have a very big list of volta stadiums which i really enjoyed playing volta so i'll probably check those out uh the next story comes from sports gamers online and it seems, I don't know how big this will actually be, but Maximum Football officially sold. So Maximum Football was a game that was always poorly received critically, and I don't know how it kept being made, but they pushed out at least a couple editions as a football sim, quote-unquote. And they've been bought by a developer who's helped them work before. Uh, they've been bought by Modus Games. We were hard, And they stayed in the tweet. They are hard at work at a new entry in the franchise. So we'll see. I mean, this is a game that's come out on Steam, I think, primarily. I don't know if it's been on the consoles, but it has never been received well. It's really looked ugly. But it's cool that more football games are in development and they haven't been totally camp- canceled. Next bit of news from Operation Sports from Steve Noah. Madden NFL 22 adds Campus Legends and Superstar KO multiplayer mode. So this is cool. They've added classic USC teams. Texas teams. We're talking Vince Young. We're talking Reggie Bush. But it's only available in Superstar KO mode? Listen, I understand. This is sort of the start of a long buildup towards the return of NCAA football, of and which I assume will, and I, based off this, I believe will have a heavy influence on classic teams and players. I could even see them putting a classic player on the on the return game for that as opposed to a current player, which they could new could now do with the new rules in NCAA and, and paying players. But this is sort of disappointing for me to put all these cool players in this game, only make them playable in Superstar KO mode. I don't know. I don't even know if I'll check this out. Just sort of dep- I, I played Superstar KO mode once. It was one draw. It's just not for me. Not really football in my eyes. But these players now exist in the game. Love to see them come to more modes more than anything would love to see an NCAA football. So I did want to mention this. A little disappointing for me, but if you're into that mode, it's probably not disappointing for you. It's probably the best thing that's happened this week. So I wanted to pass it along. Uh, one of our last stories here from Operation Sports and Steve Noah, we have the NHL 22 World of Chell video and details. Um, closed technical test beta began August 30th. Um, so they they showed a video of some improvements to World of Chell. I did play some World of Chell in NHL 20. Had a good time. The big thing that they fixed is UI. They're making it much easier to hop in and out of different game modes, making it easier to team up with your friends and not have to hop in and out to get to, you know, if you want to play a club game versus a pro-am game versus a drop-in. So it seems like they're really sort of streamlining it. That's the biggest thing I took away from it. I think we'll hear more info down the line. And they also released a schedule of events. So September 28th, we're going to see the first full gameplay. October 4th, we're going to learn about Be a Pro in Franchise Mode. And then October 6th, we'll learn about Ultimate Team. 
Okay, finally. Our final story of the day, eFootball 2022 launches on September 30th, free on PC and consoles. So this is from Steve Noah Operation Sports. Konami has announced eFootball 2022 will launch on September 30th for PC and consoles for free. Future content updates and game modes will be a mixed bag of free and premium options. So at launch, we'll have the following features. We'll be able to play a match, take control of teams against other users. Uh, you'll have trial matches, playing offline matches against human or AI opponents. With um, They've listed a few teams. They use Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Man U, Arsenal, Corinthians, Flamingo, Sao Paulo, River Plate. And then they said there'll be more authentic teams um, in an autumn update. And these can also be used for building your creative team. There will also be an update in the winter where they can enjoy where users can enjoy match authentic with all available teams you can play pvp you can play cross-gen matches um so really sort of a limited start but getting in slightly you know fifa will launch for most people october 1st although if you pre-order special editions you'll get it a few days earlier so they're beating fifa to the market but clearly a game that's not fully done yet um, there are autumn updates where you'll get the edit mode, where you get haptic feedback, advanced ball trapping, power pass, power shot, and other special kicks. Doesn't seem ready at all for me, um, in my opinion. So I think they're releasing this out to get some share of the market to compete with FIFA in some way. I don't know if they really, if it's going to be free to start, I don't know if they have to do that. So I'm on a wait and see approach with that game. So we'll wait and see about it. So I want to thank everyone for joining me today to take uh, to listen to my griping on 2K, to listen to my uh, jubilation when it comes to Madden and Riders Republic, and going through the news. As always, you can f- find us on Twitter at Adult Sports Kid. Feel free to tweet at me any stories you'd like or any comments on this episode. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, you can find me on Twitch at jpaul1723. As always... Have a good one, everyone.